It's a still life watercolor of an hour late afternoon. Sun shines through the curtain lace, shadows wash the room. And we sit and drink our coffee, couched in our indifference like shells upon the shore. You can hear the ocean roar in the dangling conversation, superficial sighs, orders of our lives. And you read your Emily Dickinson And I, my Robert Frost And we note our place with bookmarkers That measure what we've lost Like a poem poorly written We are verses out of rhythm Couplets out of rhyme Syncopated time And the dangling conversation And the superficial sighs Are the borders of our lives Yes, we speak of things that matter With words that must be said Can analysis be worthwhile? Is the theater really dead? Now the room is softly faded I can only kiss your shadow Cannot feel your hand You're a stranger now unto me Lost in the dangling conversation And the superficial sighs Borders of our lives Welcome back to the In Process Podcast, the podcast where writers discuss their works in process. I'm your host, Keiston Sigler, and today I'm joined by Dr. Mark Sigler, my grandfather. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, Papa. You're welcome. Uh, For the listeners, this has been a long time coming. You didn't really know, but I had alluded to the fact that I was going to have a special guest on. I'd said it in like one episode of, I think, Let's Get Intimate where I said that our guest, the next guest we were going to have was going to be someone really important and people probably only in my family would care about it. <laughs> and this is that guest, my grandfather. Let's just, let's just cut to the chase. This is, uh, how, do, how do we go about saying this? We already recorded an episode together. That's correct. <laughs> like a few weeks ago. We sure did. And it went amazing. Yes, it was uh, really good. It was really good. But you're not going to get to hear that episode. <laughs> How unfortunate. 
uh, you know, I I've said over and over that I have not been classically trained. And so it also means I'm prone to error. And somehow or another, the entire episode, save for 15 minutes, was deleted. And that's just how it is. Fate thought they were the only valuable 15 minutes. That's right. So thanks for coming back on. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I know you've had to drive up here twice now. Beautiful drive. Beautiful drive. You you've done it before because all right. So let's we're get, so for the listeners. You don't know this, but you know we're going to be talking about some of the same things that we talked about last time, but in a new way, refined and fresh. So I'm gonna, so my grandfather, Doctor Mark Sigler, is a senior psychological examiner. Correct. Correct. And he is an alumni from MTSU. He got you got your graduate degree here. I got my master's degree here in 1978. In what? Clinical psychology. There you go. Um, but more than that, fittingly with this podcast, you're a writer. That's correct. Yes. That's right. Songwriter. Yes. Poet? Yes. Uh, re- uh, you keep going, we'll do a Chris Christopherson song. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, which song is that? <laughs> it's a poet and a prophet. And a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd like to think you're a prophet. No, you, you, you're close. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's all that we need to hash out about the mistakes of the past. And now how we're recovering our losses. I will go ahead and say that Please. Uh, I am also a licensed professional counselor. And oh, I'm, yeah. And I'm a school psychologist. And I came back to MTSU and re-specialized in school psychology mm-hmm. about 10 years after I got my master's degree. <laughs> oh. Um, is that, like, significant? You said it was, like, a certain kind of tone. Oh, well, I just... No, the, the time frame. The time frame, yeah, no. 10 years after. Yeah, yes, around 87. There you go. Um, and you went on to get your PhD. Yeah, I actually had my PhD when I came back here. but uh, By then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, now, now, now that we're in this, you know, we, that had happened. The episode had been deleted, and that was a sore night for me. I was... Just so you guys know, I was this close, the width of a pencil eraser to giving up the podcast. I was, it was a tough night for me because that was like such an important episode for me. All the episodes have been really great, but I think for obvious reasons, that episode held a special place in my heart and in my mind and just something about being able to have a conversation with you, Papa, and that not just having that conversation, but being able to return to that conversation in the future and then always being there was something that I had been building up in my mind. And then I was robbed of that by my, by, 
I might add, by my own carelessness. So, you know, I got over it. I'm resilient. And now we're making up for it. Since I have a minor in philosophy, I'll quote a philosopher and say, that which does not kill you makes you stronger. Nietzsche? That is correct. Good deal. So, also something special about this episode, this is going to be a mix between poetry, which, we, you know, if you're reading it aloud, it might almost resemble spoken word, and songs. I don't know what, you know, performing songs, singing, right. a concert. Right. We, we decided uh, since we had to redo it, we would revamp it a little bit and add a little bit more of my recent poetry, which happens to be uh, set to music. That's right. So this, this episode kicked off with a performance of, what's it called? The Dangling Conversation. By whom? By Paul Simon. Performed by Simon and Garfunkel. All right. So a cover, you know, a little cover. Um, my, my own version, a little, a little yeah. different than theirs. Tweaking. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, it, I'm, you know, that, just to kick things off, like just so you, so, the listener, so you listeners know that coming into this episode, it's a different episode. This is almost like a concert. In my mind, I have it, you know, like I'm sure a lot of artists have done this, but there's like I watched this one special on Netflix with Bruce Springsteen and he would, he was, he was just up and you know, he was up there playing the guitar, but he would like tell stories and stuff in between. It was like a real, like great. And so that's kind of how I'm imagining this podcast going. Oh, well see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. Maybe we'll get our own Netflix special. So, um, I think we'll, we'll just so the list, you know, the listeners don't know you. They had, you know, but I do. So now I, <laughs> it's like, how do I, how do I get to the root of who you are in the context of what this podcast uh, needs? So I think what I first go to is what got you into writing? Well, it really, uh, when I was in high school, I enjoyed uh, studying literature in, in my high school English classes and, and began writing some poetry at that time. And, uh, then later I uh, learned to play the guitar so I could uh, set some of my poems to music. Mm-hmm. So you didn't start writing until you were a little bit older as a, as a young lad? Well, uh, high school, really starting around, uh, I don't know, probably age 14, 15. Okay, yeah, and his poems? Yes. Who were some of the, do you remember, like some of the early inspirations for you to start writing poetry? Well, certainly Robert Frost. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I know you have that book. Uh, I think you might have given me that book. Uh, I may have. Maybe. Uh, T.S. Eliot, uh, uh, D.E. Cummings. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, and, 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 you know, and I enjoyed uh, literature as well, uh, uh, plays and musicals and those kinds of things. So, uh, Oh, and I was actually uh, in our, like you, in high school, uh, I was in uh, some of our stage performances, uh, 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 plays that we did. So a little actor, poet, songwriter, and doctor. <laughs> Senior psychological examiner. Yeah, you like you were writing. Um, but then at some point, so okay, so like from the very start, it was writing poems, and then quickly you learn the guitar, and it's like, okay, now, now i got to write songs. This is really what I want to do. 
Is that right? That's correct, yes. And, and I did go ahead and, and write a few poems on, on into college, but uh, uh, mainly by that time it was it was songs. Yeah. And then for the rest of your life, the 50 years after graduating from college, is that how long it's been? Seems like it. Uh, no, no, it hasn't quite been 50 years. Since but it's I close, graduated. right? In a couple of years, it'll be 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? May I live that long? Yes. Yeah, I hope you do. <laughs> I'm betting on it, man. I'm, yeah. Uh, so for 50 years, you just produced a lot of songs. That's, that's been my conception of it in my life. You just yeah. have all these songs. Yes, yeah, you've, you've had the pleasure of hearing them over the years. You're damn right it's a pleasure. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of attribute you... And my dad, but so then my dad, by proxy, or actually by result of you, for being the reason why I, not only why I play the guitar and write songs, but probably why I write in the first place. I know I can recall back when, back, oh yeah, you had, you had like, and you were, you know, you used to do illustrations and stuff, you know, whatever, like a lot of us do drawings and stuff and whatnot. But I remember as a child, you had shown me a drawing of this character you'd made, I think his name is Captain Commando. That, that's correct. And that's yeah, right. Wow. And and then I I wrote like these like one page stories about Captain Commando or about like and then I don't know something else like Agent Boy was this other character I made. So you know like sort of I guess not necessarily a direct inspiration for like you made a character and then I continued that character, but just instilling this environment of creation, creativity. I mean, I kind of attribute you to that. So thank you. You are welcome. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. And in many other ways too. You know, like I've been fortunate to have so many opportunities in my life because of you and Nanny and everything. So it's pretty awesome. Well, we're, we're proud of what the outcome has been. I'm glad to hear that. So then you went to college, but you had to leave college to join the service, right? Yes. I had two years of college uh, before I went in the Army. Okay, so you had like an associate's degree? No, no. You hadn't even... I I, I was planning on a bachelor's degree. I wasn't working. I understand. So, but then after that, you came back, did that, and then, I don't know, where did you do that? Uh, University of Tennessee at Nashville. Whenever there was a campus in Nashville. That's correct. And then some years later, you're already you're already with Nanny by this point, right? Yes, yes. You come and do your graduate degree here. Right. And so, if I remember, this was sort of a sort of brought up in our in the original recording of this episode. Whenever you were here in Murfreesboro getting your graduate degree, you were also working in Nashville. At Life and Casualty? Yes, that's correct. And then living west of Nashville in Kingston Springs, right? Yes. So you would do the, you would, and every single day you would go from Kingston Springs to either here or Nashville, but then after coming to here or Nashville, you would go to the other place and then return to Kingston Springs. Yes, that was my uh, uh, roundabout trip. And you had a daughter by then? Yes, uh, uh, Lori was born... uh, Right around the time I, uh, just before I graduated from college. Wow, that is <laughs> hard-working man, I'll tell you. 
kept being hardworking, you know, went on and pursued a higher education, got your degrees, started practicing psychology and really making a name for yourself in, in sort of a regional sense, like middle Tennessee. And then, you know, maybe wider. I don't know. I'm not going to speak toward that, but all the while you have this professional side of your life and then this family side of your life, but that creativity never ceases. You could just keep producing songs all the time. Yeah. That's correct. Not as often as I used to, but uh, yes, still yeah. right. Oh, so how long has it been since you've written a song? Well, I'm I'm going to sing that one. Uh, I think today, uh, the, the last, but and I was a little surprised, but it's actually been about three years. Yeah. And what is that one called? Old with you. Old with you. Yeah. Might we go ahead and perform that song? Oh, I suppose we can. All right. Didn't have a care Didn't know what would come tomorrow All I knew If you were there We could share the joy Share the sorrow Those days are gone so long ago Makes you wonder where the time goes Looking back Makes me wonder Do the ravages of time show All I know just want to grow old with you. Middle age sneaks up on you. You turn around, your hair is graying. Time speeds up. You slow down Do you know just what I'm saying? You close your eyes A new day dawns Another year has just gone by you I hold your hand we carry on Sometimes this life will really try you All I know Just want to grow Old with you The days go by Times we cry Sometimes for joy Sometimes for sorrow We lived our life 
through toil and strife No matter if beg, steal or borrow Through thick and thin We went all in Good times, bad, we stuck together What it may come We'll pay the sum A love like this will last forever All I know Just want to grow Old with you pretty wonderful well thank you very much yeah get you some water you know so like that that's about you and nanny right that's correct yes yeah yeah i, I played that song uh played a recording of it uh, the other day for an old friend that i used to work with at life and casualty and hadn't seen in a few years and uh, he listened to it and i said well what do you think and he said it's the story of your life <laughs> yeah it's a nice little truncated memoir just really only about your relationship with Nanny, you know, you know, not anything else, but yeah, really good. I mean, like, tell us about what inspired you, you know, because before you'd written this song, you hadn't written a song in what, 20 years? Oh, well, I don't know if it'd been 20 years. That um, seems like 15. <laughs> it had been a while yeah. since I'd written a song. Yeah. So uh, tell us about the spark that came. Well, uh, Part of it was I was just messing around on the guitar and I was picking a little riff there and uh, I thought, well, I want to write a song uh, using this. So then uh, the words just came out. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> Lots of times when I yeah. uh, have written things, they've just sort of, uh, they've been in there somewhere and they just fall out with the music. And typically, you know, that, that so when that happens, it's like, how does that feel? Pretty good. I, I, you know, the the line "Old with You" came to me, and I thought, oh, that, that there, that'll be the song. And then, mm -hmm. then the words just uh, started came, coming, came together. Yeah. yeah, and I know when that happens for me, it it's like just you get into this really flow state. And you're like, gosh, I'm like writing this whole song in a day. It seems like you know, like oh, it's amazing. It's a great feeling for me, and then like. It's this song about you and Nanny, two people that have grown old together, you know, it can be universal, but because, you know, you're writing it and you're drawing from your own experiences, so then, like, how does it feel whenever you, you get to perform it for her? Oh, really good. You know, I, I knew that if I wanted to write a song that had to do with getting old, I needed to talk about phases of life so mm -hmm. you know I, I wanted to start with being young and uh, and then when the, I had to do the second verse I thought okay now I got to talk about middle age you know and and then ultimately I got to talk about where we are now mm -hmm. so yeah it's always uh, always a pleasure to play the song for uh, uh, for her and uh, and for family you know uh, I normally get uh, pretty good feedback uh, matter how poorly I've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we don't have the heart to 
uh, tell you that you're losing it. No, <laughs> you're not losing it. Uh, um, yeah, so like uh, whenever you structure the song, you've structured the song through the phases of life. What is that like to to think back to those early times, times that are long ago? Well, it's pretty good because, you know, you're, you're not going to, Unless you're trying to write a tragedy, you're not going to put in uh, uh, things about how terrible things were. You know, have, having to get up in the middle of the night and change a diaper. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. So you, uh, 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 yeah, I thought about the general things that that uh, we uh, we were more carefree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said the line didn't have a care. You know, uh, we uh, didn't think a lot about tomorrow, which uh, you young people out there need to. Think about that, <laughs> uh, and so that you know, I was just kind of looking at what I see uh, back then. Plus, I see in in, in young people. You know, I see uh, got a lot of them around. Yeah, so, you get you do. Yeah, so uh, it's like, oh, okay, you know, you need to start a four hundred one k. Invest in a house. Yeah, no, talked I, about that the other day. We did, it? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to like, there's more young people running around in your house than there are old people. Yeah. Always been the case. And they're growing on us, too. They are. They're getting old themselves. (laughs) And then we just keep bringing new ones in. It's the way it's supposed to work. That's the way it's supposed to work. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, Old With You. It's a great song. Thank you. Beautiful um, chord progression. Yeah, and, you know, you're just doing it with a guitar, but I've had people say, oh, I like the way... The song goes down in when you're talking about that old with you part that you know, and what they're saying is, oh, you went to that F. That's different. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Is there more that you'd like to say about the song? Uh, no, I think we covered it pretty well. I think we've beat a dead horse. Yeah, we we can we can move on before I get any older. Yeah, we don't want to <laughs> linger too long. Time's a ticking. So that's the most recent song you've written. All right, uh, for the listeners. Last time when we recorded, Mark played a song, and it is called Where My Daddy. And so that was what was left in the recording, and all the other files were deleted. That was left. And it's like, oh, we talk about fate decreed that that is what was worthy to remain, or so, you know, whatever. So there might be something to that. So we're going to include that in this episode, but just so you know, um, it was recorded at a different time, so sounds might be different. This is uh, Where My Daddy. It's hard to believe I wrote this song over 20 years ago, uh, but long after college. <laughs> yeah. uh, and at the time... Uh, I had a young grandson who was uh, about two years old. His name was Keiston. I'd had the experience right around that time of my father passing away and had also had the experience of uh, 9-11. And those things were all on my mind and came together in this song, Where My Daddy. (音楽) ¶¶ 
You were born in late September on a cold and rainy day. Now you're putting words together in most peculiar ways. Push high me and potty now, oh, what you usually say. What you said this morning nearly took my breath away. Where my daddy? Where my daddy? I did something to distract you as I brushed aside a tear, and I did not give an answer as I choked back my fear. That you'd notice I had lost control of feelings buried deep, and I laid you down to take a nap and prayed your soul to keep where my daddy, where my daddy. Well, your daddy didn't want to leave as he waited for the plane. And he joked and smiled, said to me, "Hold back those labor pains, 'cause I want to be here for the birth of that baby boy. I'll be home next Saturday, bringing him a toy. Where my daddy? Where my daddy?" God had other plans for him as he flew across the sky. Cause evil men with knives on board had vowed that they would die in the service of Al Qaeda. They would crash the plane you see in the center of our government in Washington D.C. But the passengers were citizens of the land of the free and brave. And they overtook the terrorists, their countrymen to save. So your daddy was a hero, 'cause his life he had to yield, and he gave his all for country in a Pennsylvania field. Where my daddy? Where my daddy? And I've decided what to say. You're too young to understand, though I know you will someday. So I hold you in my arms, much to my surprise. I see your daddy smiling back when I look in your eyes. Where's your daddy? He's in heaven. Since nine eleven, thank you very much. You're very welcome. So yeah, you talked about some of the inspiration. There were like three different things that coincided to sort of inspire this song in you. 
Um, you've played it a lot throughout my life. Uh, so much so that I, I felt that I could sing along almost. <laughs> I remember uh, the first time I ever played it for your father. And, uh, of course, I was, I was focusing on 9-11, so I was talking about uh, being born in, in, in September, you know. And, uh, and, and your dad said, uh, 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 I started to tell you, Keystone wasn't born in September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that seemed to, to, to come together pretty good uh, for that. But, uh, <laughs> you sort of just trailed off right there, didn't you? <laughs> it's okay, I can cut uh, that up. Yeah. No, but there are other things like that were inspired by me, like some of the things that one of the lines is, what is it? You Push high me. And potty now. And potty now. Those are things I would say. Yeah. On the swing set out at your house that's still there. Right, that same swing set. That same swing set is still there. That now right. Sophia, little almost five year old, has been swinging on. Right, and I'm not allowed to swing on it anymore because it's <laughs> you're too, it's I might break too big. It, I might break <laughs> it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an old thing. Right, damn, it must be over twenty years old. Ashley had to have been playing on that. It was set up for Ashley. She's yeah. seven years my senior. Yeah, good. Goodness, it's probably 30 years old. No, that's crazy. That might be too old. It's not, not quite that old, yeah. yeah. Okay, but anyways, yeah, it's an old thing. So it's, it's great, too, because it's like, it's great for me because, you know, I can attach personal experiences to it. And so it's, it's like, I said it before, maybe we started recording that the, all these poems are relics of the past. That song is, too, in more ways than one. It works for me. But then it also works for that really significant tragedy in our very recent history of 9-11. And one of the things that was important to me on that was, because uh, there were a number, you know, a few songs that were written about 9-11, and they pretty much focused on, on the Twin Towers, which, mm -hmm. which was a, a terrible tragedy. But... Uh, uh, this one I, I focused on uh, United Flight uh, 93. Uh, uh, you know, the story of uh, the, the people who died in the Pennsylvania field actually preventing the plane from getting to Washington and we think possibly it may have been intended to attack the uh, Pentagon. Uh, or the White House. One of those... Because the know, Pentagon did get hit, right? Pentagon got hit. I'm not sure if they ever were certain. Oh, where it which target? Like it was going to be another hit on the Pentagon. It might have been, or you know, they had two hits on the towers. It certain, but there was thought right. that it might be the White House. I, and I may be historically wrong here about who you know uh, wh where they were intended to go, but they didn't get there, mm -hmm. and that was due to the the people on that plane. Yeah, um, there was a movie made about it later. Uh, but uh, at the time, uh, there wasn't as much focus uh, on that mm -hmm. part of the tragedy. So um, I don't want to cut you off, but it reminds me of, and I, I don't want to say that the songs that we're focusing on, just the Twin Towers, is a cliche, but there is the idea that when you're a writer and you want to use a certain expression but it may be a cliche you have to make it fresh and so you're working with the uh, with 9-11 
but you're not following in those same footsteps of only focusing on the Twin Towers. No, you're now focusing on the Pennsylvania field. Yes, yes. And, and, and I thought that uh, I thought that was an important part of what happened mm-hmm. and, and an inspirational part of what happened. Uh, and it was, uh, again, it was a way to express, and, you know, I don't know that there was a uh, pregnant woman who was going to have a baby uh, in late September uh, whose husband was on that plane. Uh, that, you know, that just, it just came to me as, as, as a way of, of describing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I, I, it kind of just came together for me. I, yeah. I think that a lot of the things that were happening in my life and the feelings that I was that was feeling was tying together and 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 the death of my father being all part of that mm-hmm. uh really just uh made this come out the way it did yeah it's a beautiful song um thank you for sharing it <laughs> That one was written a little over 20 years ago. Right. Okay, so was there a song in between, Where My Daddy? Yes. Oh, yes. like, oh, yeah, I know that song. There are, yeah. In fact, there's a, there are a few songs. Really? In between. Uh, Booger and Buddy? Yes, that's one. Yes, and uh, What Was I Drinking Last what Night? What was I? Oh, you wrote that after that? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, what was I drinking last night? What about anything else? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Yeah. What, what else might be there? Right now, I'm thinking about really old stuff. I'm thinking I'm going back to college and high school. And oh yeah, thinking about songs from them that you poetry. wrote. Poetry. Oh, <laughs> oh, you, oh, you want to read one of your poems now? Yeah, let's just you know let's, let's mix it up. Let's mix it up. Yeah. yeah. Which poem would you like to read? Well, let's do uh, "I Cross the River in a Raft." All right. So uh, give us the context around like the time period. Okay, that was my senior year of college. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and. Uh, uh, I think some of the poetry that I was reading at the time, and I'm not even sure what all I was reading at the time, <clears throat> kind of gave me this sense of some of this epic poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I may, may have been uh, really reading some, some uh, Roman uh, Greek things or something. But uh, So I decided to kind of write something. I like Milton. Yeah. Well, yes, I, and I had, I had been reading Milton, which did impact some of the songs that I wrote. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I ended up writing, this is probably, uh, I call it my epic poem because it's the longest poem I've ever written and uh, maybe more uh, obscure in terms of uh, what it's saying. Oh, yeah. Let's, well, let's re- I'm ready to unpack it. Okay. I've already been primed. So you, you want me to hit it? Hit it. All right. I cross the river in a raft. I cross the river in a raft and left you on the other side. The lee shore seemed to beckon me as if that's where the sirens cried. Shrouded in a mist and dim, the lee shore seemed so far away as in a dream I launched my raft 
I bid you come, but you said nay. I'll wait right here for your return, you said, and sat down in the sand. What if I stay on yonder shore and ne'er return to this far land? All things must pass, I heard you say. But ere I heard another word, the current swept me far downstream. Of what you said, that's all I heard. And like Odysseus of old, my trip took longer than I'd planned. Yes, all my strength it took to hold a course that brought me near to land. The wind blew strong, and waves o'erswept the raft, and drenched me to the bone. And in the midst of nature's rage, I felt quite small and all alone. Then suddenly, as if the stream of water rushing neath the raft had felt my inner fears and known my soul, the river seemed to laugh. And then, as if with mother's love, the river claimed me for its own. The raft, o'erturned by crashing waves, returned me my primeral home. Engulfed by rushing river flow, by chance I glimpsed the setting sun. My lungs were filled with water now. The sea and I at last were one. Just then a calm tranquility implored the river to lie still. And in that peace what bliss I felt, entranced it seemed by God's own will. Then floating just above my head, I saw the raft, still in one piece. Oh, that God for that blessed raft and for my soul's newfound release. Upward then I swam towards that wooden raft and climbed aboard it. Days passed by. I did not count them, content to meditate and sit. I did not know if time had passed in that eternal state of bliss, or if it rushed on aware that I no longer did exist. When first the raft drew near to shore, I thought perhaps it was the bank from which I'd left. For there you sat, as if into a trance you sank. But when I looked a second time, I knew it was a different land. For jewels of green grew on the trees, and diamonds sparkled in the sand. And music made by birds and wind did fill the air and sway the trees. It filled my heart with raptured bliss to hear those flowing harmonies. And riding on the wind, there were pleasant, fragrant, perfumed scents. And flowered wreaths to crown my head, the angel with two backs had sent. Sweet, luscious fruits grew everywhere. Great feasts were set. As for a king, and streams of wine flowed into pools, pure nectar fountain from a spring. So when the raft had come aground, I rushed to feel your warm embrace. But as toward the raft you ran, you did not seem to see my face. Just then you cried my name aloud, as if you called from distant shore. I felt an urge, a beckoning. I knew I'd felt it once before. When on that distant bank I'd stood and grasped your hand and bid you come, now when I tried to clasp your hand, it felt as if my own were numb. 
You gnashed your teeth and tore your clothes. You weep as though you thought me dead. T'was clear you saw not with your eyes, no longer thought right in your head. I turned and walked towards the woods, and then on second thought looked back to see you lifting up my raft and carry it upon your back. Wonderful. So, uh, listeners, we that was a poem we read in our last recording. So, and we talked about it in depth. So I'm already, I already know everything there is to know about the poem. I don't even have to say anything. We can move on. No, <laughs> uh, I'm joking. Uh, something I've thought about since then is that it's the poem sort of works as a rite of passage story. Rite of passage happens where, you know, like, you know, anthropologists, you know, when they, when they were going to other countries and observing uh, tribal communities, they would observe that as some of the boys, in order to become men, they had to go on this journey. They had to, like, leave their their tribe, their community, go out into the woods and experience something out there. And they would come back as men. And so the structure is you start in your community, and then you go into this place of liminality, like a limbo, where, you know, an experience, difficulty, hardship, learn things. And then the third part is reincorporation into the community. And so that's like, that's the structure of the poem almost. The speaker starts on a shore with his lover, his community, goes out and undergoes this treacherous journey of being on the raft, on the river, learning things, meditating, and then comes back to the same place, reincorporated into it, but now changed, learned, wisened. So that's something interesting that I noted. You know, it, it doesn't have all the defining markers you don't really have to have like you don't have to have like a a strong sense of a community. The, his lover is enough community. It's a you know a close bond. That was something interesting that I noticed upon reflecting since our last recording. Well, that's a good take on it. Yeah, I, I know. Last time I was under the impression that the speaker leaves this one place, goes on this journey and then arrives at another place. You disabused me of that notion by telling me, no, he's come back to the same place, but his perception is different. Yes, and we also talked about how the raft in, in body's body and, and this person uh, comes back as spirit. Mm-hmm. And so while they're perceiving everything differently, the, the person left behind still sees the raft, still it, it goes for the body. If, if you think about it as, as the person actually died uh, on the trip, uh, the part about where the C and I were, came one uh, and filled lungs with water, 
then after that, the spirit of the person is on the raft, and 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 when it comes back, what the you know, they don't see the spirit, they see the body, and so they carry the body off with them, or carry the raft on their back. So are, is that sort of like a obscure way of saying that the speaker dies in this poem? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can look at it that way. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then that kind of like uh, undermines everything I just said. No, but because your perspective w- was just as valid as uh, that perspective. Right, yeah. So it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Inter- just, just like the uh, two characters at the end had different perspectives. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, certainly. And I think it might still even work if we were to literally say that the single interpretation of the poem is that the speaker dies, then it's really like, oh, but the, the, the soul, the spirit, lives on, and the spirit has undergone change. Body, too. It's dead, but spirit sustains. Yeah, so you'd written that your senior year of college. Do you remember why? Well, uh, again, I know I had, uh, I had been reading some things that, made me think about, I was, at this time too, uh, I I mentioned that I had a minor in philosophy and I'd been studying a lot of uh, Eastern philosophy and reading uh, the Compassionate Buddha and and some things like that. So some of the symbolism from from that, uh, I'm sure, fed into my presentation of, of this. Oh yeah, Taoism also I think influenced some of the things that I that I thought about. Oh yeah, like mind, body, and spirit. Yes, and you carry that into your practice as a senior psychological examiner. I do. <laughs> yes, yes. In psychotherapy, I, I work with mind, body, and spirit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. You want to play another song? Uh, sure. Are we ready? Yeah. I was once in a place of Kings and wizards and tambourines About starry nights and imaginings Oh, what a beautiful play I remember the first act quite well The colored lights glared in my eyes As I sang of a spell The audience laughed at the yellow brick path I walked as the curtains all fell I was once in a play Of kings and wizards and tambourines About starry nights and imaginings Oh, what a beautiful play Act two was rather well played I read bright lights, they started to fade 
But as they grew dim, the colors rushed in. Oh, what a beautiful stage. I was once in a play of kings and wizards and tambourines, about starry nights and imaginings. Oh, what a beautiful play! Act three, it grew rather long. I remember a beautiful song. And as I grew tired, the play soon expired. In the end, there was nothing went wrong. I was once in a play of kings and wizards and tambourines, about starry nights and imaginings. Oh, what a beautiful play! Oh, what a beautiful play! Oh, what a Nice. Suck at producing. <laughs> you are learning. Michael, uh, yeah. just so the listeners know, because I think I might cut out some of the stuff that just happened, <laughs> I'm not the best producer. I keep, you know, that's just what it is. And Papa is consoling me, saying that I'm learning. And that's right. And I was just about to say that Michael, who I had on the other day, whose episode is out, when this episode is out. If you're listening to this episode, his episode's already out. So go take a listen to it. It's a really good episode. Um, he, I was explaining to, to him the many mishaps of the podcast. He was, uh, and that, so, you know, yet when we were recording, these people out here in the study room were just obnoxiously loud. They have no regard for people using the studios here. And he described that this whole podcast as a gorilla podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that's what it is. We're a gorilla podcast. We're keeping it real. Keeping it real <laughs> on the streets. Um, so that's great. That's called The Play. And beautiful song. I mean, really beautiful. Thank you. Again, with you know, like, you know, I don't know, like, do you often find a structure for your songs? Yeah, yeah, as you can see, I guess I'm real into uh, going through <laughs> three verses of three stages of things. Yeah, I actually wrote that song shortly after high school. Oh wow! Yeah, and as I said, I was in plays in high school. Yeah, and of course, I, I was referencing things like uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz. And at at the time, uh, Bob Dylan had the song "Mr. Tambourine Man." Mm. Uh, well, actually, I think the Birds were. Uh, had a hit with it at that point so uh so that and 
I had a tambourine. I was playing in my high school band. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, that, a lot of those images come, come from there. And lots of times uh, uh, plays are three acts. Yeah. So, so I thought I'd uh, do three acts. And you thought you'd write a song about a play. Yeah. That's great. You know, it reminds me of, I just wrote a song I played for you, and it's called The Letter. You know? Yes. Just working with you know, different formats of writing in a song. But I don't know. There's not, I don't, <laughs> I don't start the song by saying, dear you, who I'm speaking about. So it's not, and yours isn't structured in such a way that it would be a play. It's you addressing the fact that you were witnessing or that you were in a play. Right, it was after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it still works. Maybe I might play the letter. Do you think? No, this is your episode. Yeah, you're more than welcome. I don't know. I was thinking about it. Give it some thought. I'll give it some thought. So you could help me with a poem. Yeah. Well, you want to jump to that right now? Oh, have we said all that have, we were going to say about oh, the play? If you have other questions or comments, uh, bring it on. Well, you gave it. You 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 described it. I mean, well, I, I want to relate to you a concern I have, and I keep bringing it up. And I've said this before. I don't feel like a great host. For a podcast, like I don't feel like I have insightful questions, or like I know how to organize what we're going to talk about. When I hear, I listen to these other podcasts, and they just all seem so well produced. But that's because there's a team of producers, and I'm just one single guy. Well, I, I will say this, and it, it's unfortunate that people won't get to hear our previous podcast. Yeah. But you had that well organized. You had questions. You'd gone over these poems, and uh, you had questions and comments, and asked about certain words that I'd used, and you know it, it was well structured, and you did a really good job. And I think, having done that, uh, we're doing this much more impromptu. Yeah, just kind of. Uh, Having a dangling conversation. There we go. Thank <laughs> you for saying all that. I really appreciate it. I wasn't fishing for affirmation, but I'm receiving it. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I whenever we started talking about the cover you did at the start of the episode, and then we didn't talk anymore about it. And I realized that. I was like, damn, that's part of what was contributing. I was like, I didn't freaking ask what the song has to do in relation to this podcast. So please... Talk about that a little bit before we... Well, I, I think, you know, you were at the house the other day and uh, talking about some of these conversations that you've had with writers. And uh, and this old song just kind of popped in my head, which I hadn't played in Lord knows how many years. Uh, and uh, I said, hey, uh, let me get the guitar. Mm -hmm. and, and I just sang it, like the first verse. And I said, see, yeah, this is... A, we were talking about these conversations, and look at this. And uh, yeah, I said, yeah, that's great, you know. And uh, uh, at some point, we, we said, uh, hey, uh, maybe, you know, your, your podcast, uh, maybe we could make it the dangling conversation. Maybe it could be an intro or something. And I said, okay, I'll, uh, you know, I'll do the rest of the, uh, the song, you know, uh, get it together. And then it's just like the second and third verses we're, we're so much more pertinent to <laughs> to to your podcast, uh, you know, about poetry and, and uh, talking about uh, Emily Dickinson and, and, yeah. and Robert Frost, and, and I, 
thought, oh, okay, now this, you know, we really need to, uh, and I may not, uh, I may not perform it very well. I certainly don't uh, perform it as well as Simon and Garfunkel. But I, uh, sometimes when I'm doing other people's music, I um, put my own twist on it, mm-hmm. uh, play it my way, and uh, change it up. Uh, well, you play Frank Sinatra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that my way. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the songs that I really love to do is the, the song Taxi by Harry Chapin. Mm-hmm. And I, I do that so very differently than, than he did. Do you want to uh, demonstrate that? You, you want me to play that? Is that? I kind of do want you to play that. Uh, okay, we can do that. Do you think I would get copyright if you're in here? Are you going to sh- sh- put this on the radio or... or <laughs> I don't make money on this podcast. <laughs> okay. I don't think uh, that it, 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 it's relevant uh, in terms of... Of uh, the episode? Of, of violating someone's copyright. Oh, something. violate, yeah. Uh, we don't want to use uh, Simon and Garfunkel playing that. That that might be a problem. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that uh, there's any copyright problems with just singing somebody's song on, on a, a podcast that's uh, not uh, commercial. Yeah, that has <laughs> 17 <laughs> listeners. So if there's any uh, copyright lawyers out there listening, uh, uh, just turn it off now. Yeah, don't listen to any. Actually, you probably shouldn't have even started the episode. That's right. Uh, uh, go back and erase it from your memory. Yeah, forget about us. All right. No, but yeah, you want to read. Let's read some of your poems, right? More, okay, yeah. Let's burn through them. No. We, 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 <laughs> we, may, we may do that. Yeah, we may have like a big... Big show of an ending where we just play a bunch of songs. Oh, there you go. Hey, wow. Just, I always love that. It's so much fun. So are we going to read The Gift? Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, you have, okay. Yeah, so we can, we can dramatically read this together. Ah, jeez. Right? Yeah. So this <laughs> is uh, a poem, really like a dialogue. Okay, so this is The Gift. Uh, you, you talk, you, you say the title. It's your damn thing. Yeah, the gift is something I wrote in. The gift is something I wrote in high school. I was doing, I was a literary editor of our high school uh, newspaper, mm. and so I was often contributing uh, poems to it. Uh, and I, I think this is what I wrote around that time. And uh, the idea in it is uh, the gift is something of oneself. Mm-hmm. Right. Wait, before you go any further. You want to read the one where you have the actual quote? I thought. Yeah, I, I thought uh, when I first when I first wrote it, uh, and and in the first line that I will present as the presenter, uh, I purposely misquoted the uh, line from the Bible uh, because at the time there were you know there were things like uh, All in the Family on television had had Archie Bunker who uh, frequently mispronounced things, misused words, misquoted things. And if he really came to a point where he couldn't sustain his argument, he would stand up and sing uh, America the Beautiful or something. But uh, So I, I was kind of taken with that, and I thought, uh, just to demonstrate you know, th- that uh, this is so one-sided and the person's just opinionated, uh, I'm going to misquote the Bible. <laughs> you know? uh, but then, uh, then I went ahead and, and wrote a version that actually has the correct quote in it, which actually fits the argument so much better. And then it changes the, um, the characterization of the presenter. Yeah. Because then it's not like the presenter is clueless or, you know, mis- 
misquoting things, misappropriating details. They're actually like kind of defending them their self well. Yes, but still opinionated. Still opinionated. But let's see how that develops. All right. Are you ready? Ready. The gift is in the giving. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? The gift is in the getting because the part can't fill the whole. The gift is in the giving. What sets one's heart is well. The gift is in the getting. It also fills the well. The gift is in the giving. So you your thanks will give. The gift is in the getting. So thankfulness may live. The gift is in the giving. My wisdom's fully seasoned. The gift is in the getting. My innocence has reasoned. If the gift's not in the giving, I cannot give the gift. The gift's not in the getting. The gift is in the gift. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you (laughs) (laughs) for letting me be a part of that. So, yeah, it's like uh, the end, like by the end, the presenter they're just he's the presenter's fed up, but then it seems like the receiver changes their mind, changes yeah. their tune. Yes, actually, the 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 dialogue, the the debate, has actually enlightened the receiver into uh, not taking sides, but rather looking at the larger, filling the well. Yeah, <laughs> I'd also remember. I remember saying that last time when we were recording. It's, you know, this idea of when you come to, if you, if, you, if you come to two options, oh, it's neither of those options. What's the third option? You know, that's like something in writing. If you, you know, you, you, so anyway, so it's essentially like that's what's happening here. We have two sides, but then now the receiver then changes. It's neither of what we're, it's not what either of us are presenting. It's this bigger picture, this third option, this new perspective. So that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I know we have one more poem. And are you ready for that? You want to go there? Sure. <laughs> I don't know why there was like so much tension in my voice. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, this is Soliloquy of a Serpent. What now I must do, I fear more than all I have done before. The path I am forced to walk is not of my own choosing. This man is a good and beautiful creature. He does not deserve what I am about to hand him. Yet, he is a creature of God, much loved by God because of his power over them, a worthy prize to steal from heaven's grasp. Yet, of what may come to be. Will they be my slaves or my equals? So in that one, I really, I really can. When did you write that? Also in high school. That's what I was thinking. It's, uh, I can really sense the Milton in that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think of Uh, uh, Paradise Lost. Yeah, yeah. That was a strong influence. Yeah. On my uh, perception of uh, uh, the prequel to the Garden of Eden. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's a lot briefer than Paradise Lost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, like you know, dwelling inside the character of the serpent, Lucifer. Like, what 
what is how what is he perceiving? And it just seems like he's conflicted. He's a fallen angel, so it, it, it's not likely that he just embodies evil. That he 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 knows what good is about as well. Uh, he may be consumed by his desire for power, but uh, even then he's questioning it. it, it I'm going to do this. Uh, it's going to hurt God, but <clears throat> I'm not sure I really want to hurt this creature, this mm-hmm. innocent creature, uh, you know, because what he's going to do is introduce them to the uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and after that, changes everything in terms of innocence. Uh, and then, if he does this, so is this going to work for him? Is he going to get lord over mankind? Or is he going to have to deal with them? Yeah. It's like, no, you, turns out you don't get to lord over mankind. Turns out you got to go straight back to hell. Yeah, this free will is a Dangerous thing to mess with. Uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it took the knowledge of good and evil to have free will. Is that right? That's without it. You're just existing. Just you're existing. Just being. Being. They were human being. Being. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you got to know, I don't, even, I don't even know where I'm going. Because then once you start to know about good and evil, I, I think I've just lost my mind co- totally. What did you say that? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you begin to anticipate consequences. Uh, something's going to be bad. Something's going to be good. You begin making judgments. Yeah, you're not just you're not just living life, doing picking apples off of a tree. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so then th- there's the idea that like yeah, before you know about good and evil, you're just living a happy existence. As we would hope children experience. Ah, uh, yeah, innocence. As they come in. I think part of what was it, was I was experiencing in high school was I was awakening to the realities of the world and was no longer an innocent child. And, uh, and probably some of my own uh, experiences played into that. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You say that you're awakening at this time that you were writing this piece... Um, perhaps also like reconstructing your own beliefs regarding religion at the time is that is that right? Right, I was beginning to to look at things not just listening to uh, dogma, but listening for what is there, what's the basis of this, uh, what can I get? more out of uh, my reading of things mm-hmm. in this the Bible but uh, of, of anything of, of poems there's as I began to understand poetry sometimes these stories aren't just a story they're they're actually an allegory they're, they're you know there's there's more to it than that yeah you know uh, the play in a way is that you know it's uh, it's also a story about one's experience, and I cross the river in a raft is more about something other than taking a raft ride down the river. <laughs> well, <laughs> certainly, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So. Yeah, like anything is working on multiple levels at once. Right. You know, there's the surface of the text, but then the, then there's layers of subtext. But then there's also this high area above the text where like ideas are operating, abstractions, and you piece together those ideas based on what's on the surface level of the text. And you're like, okay, you can like working with intuition and, you know, stuff like that. I think at the time, Robert Frost, as I said, you know, wrote a beautiful poem, The Wall, which on the surface is a story about two farmers mending a rock wall between their property, you Mm -hmm. know. But there's much more about what it's about, Mm -hmm. about the walls between people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 attitudes where the, you know, the, the neighbor says good fences make good neighbors, you know. You know, and 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 he starts it off something there is that doesn't love a wall, you know. It causes the upper boulders to spill in the sun. You know, that's not just, hey, the wall needs to be fixed. <laughs> Let's go fix the wall, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the I I was beginning to see that uh, lots of times uh, these things are about life and, and about human relationships not just uh, the words printed on the paper yeah that's really nice um, that's great to hear that yeah you know by this time you're making these realizations and of course you know that's like of course that's been the case ever since it's just good to hear that too because then for me I can sort of like imagine my own growth and perception and when that was starting to take place and how that's developed and what that's enabled me to be able to take away from my own reading, but then also how that has enabled me uh, in my own writing as well, what I'm able to write. And when I'm writing, there's like, uh, there's the show, don't tell. And so it's, yeah, we're showing these, we're showing these ideas um, but these these deeper connections, we don't have to explicitly tell that, you know. Like you just sense that something is working more in the text; that there's more movement happening than what you can readily see and read or hear if you're listening to a song. You know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, shortly after I, I uh, got out of the army. Um, when I was young, sometimes I would uh, put on my headphones at night, lay on my bed, and, and uh, listen to the radio. And uh, I fell asleep one night with my headphones on and the radio playing. <laughs> I woke up to the strands of the beginning of a song, and I lay there half awake listening to it. And when it was over, I got up, took off my headphones, picked up my guitar, and sang the song. I knew every word to it. Uh, I did adjust the uh, music to the way I like to do uh, things. Uh, That song was Taxi by Harry Chapin. And uh, it became my uh, audition song when I would play bars in Nashville I would play taxi and usually could get the gig. 
many times over the years, family get-togethers and, and things like that, uh, I'd be asked to play songs, and I'd play some songs, and I usually played Taxi. So my father, <coughs> he liked big b band stuff, and he liked uh, Nashville sound country music, <coughs> you know, the old uh, uh, Chet Atkins. Uh, he uh, had never heard Harry Chapin do the song. And uh, uh, one day he, he went into a, a place, and, and I guess over the speakers, they were playing the radio, and Taxi came on, and he heard it. And he called me, and he said, uh, Mark, you know that song, Taxi, that you do? And I said, yeah. yeah. He said, I heard that on the radio today. And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, you do it better than that guy. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, my dad did come by compliments easily. <laughs> so that must have been really nice. It, it certainly was. It was really good. <clears throat> so you're going to play it for us? I guess I'm stuck with it, ain't I? I guess so. Okay. Oh, and just just to show you sort of the difference, uh, uh, just a couple of bars. Uh, you know, Harry would play it like this. See, I mean, I, I gotta get in Harry's stuff. It was raining hard in Frisco. Like that, okay? <laughs> All right, here's the way I do it. It was raining hard in Frisco. Needed one more fare to make my night. A lady up ahead waved to flag me down. She got in at the light We're going to my lady blue It's a shame you've earned your gown in the rain She just sat, looked out the window she said, 16 Parkside Lane Something about her was familiar I could swear I'd seen her face before She said, you must be mistaken And she didn't say anything more Took a while, but she looked in the mirror and Then she glanced at the license for my name A smile came to her slowly Was a sad smile just the same And she said, how are you, Harry? I said, how are you, sir? And through the too many miles And the two little smiles I still remember you It was somewhere in a fairy tale 
I used to take her home in my car We learned about love in the back of a Dodge The lesson hadn't gone too far You see, she was gonna be an actress And I was gonna learn to fly She took off to find the footlights I took off for the sky There was not much more for us to talk about Whatever we had once was gone So I turned my cab into the driveway Past the gate in the fine trim lawn And she said we must get together But I knew it'd never be arranged She gave me twenty dollars for a two-fifty fare She said, Harry, keep the change Well, I know the man might have been angry I know the man might have been hurt But I know the man never would let her go I stashed the bill in my shirt Then she walked away in silence It's strange how you never know But we'd both gotten what we'd asked for Such a long time ago You see, she was gonna be an actress And I was gonna learn to fly She took off to find the footlights I took off for the sky And there she's acting happy Inside her handsome home And me, I'm flying in my taxi Taking tips and getting stoned I go flying so high And I'm stoned Wow, man. That was fucking amazing. Well, thank you. You can put that in there? I'm going to leave that in there. I'll get all the... Your nanny's going to be after you. I might bleep it. That was that was damn amazing. There, that I'll I'll keep that in. All right, thank you. <laughs> God, wish I'd wrote that song. Yeah, <laughs> that is an autobiography. You know, just like "Old with You" is oh, yeah. an autobiography. Yeah, I mean that is a real story autobiography. Oh, for sure. Yeah, of Harry Chapin. Yes, yes, I, I was aware of it. And, 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 you know, 
knew that, that he'd, he'd literally written that about a, an experience that he'd had and also knew that he followed it up with a song called Taxi Revisited, <coughs> where after he became famous and, and, and was performing and, and things like that, uh, in that song uh, he's performed, uh, if I remember correctly, in New York City uh, on stage. And, uh, uh, you know, he's, he married, uh, I think he straightened his life out pretty well. Uh, his wife wrote the song that he's really famous for, was Cats in the Cradle. Oh, wow. And he recorded that and, and had a big hit with it. Uh, Who's his wife? Uh, I, I can't call her Oh, name. but she's a great writer. Yeah. Well, that was a pretty good song. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> that was also a story song. He oh, liked yeah, yeah. story songs. Uh, but in, in Taxi Revisited, he talks about, he's talking about performing and all this stuff. And, and then backstage comes Sue, who had left her rich husband and came to New York for Sue acting. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it was kind of a redemption song for both of them. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah so I they didn't. Was, he didn't end up getting back with Sue. No, no, he was a. He, he was already married. He was married. Yes, and right. unfortunately, uh, uh, died in an airplane crash uh, while he was still young. And was he stoned while he was up high like that? No, no. I, God, I, that's I, a little <laughs> insensitive. He wasn't. No, he wasn't flying. Uh, I mean, he wasn't piloting. He, he, yeah. He, he, if I understand correctly, he wasn't pilot. He was riding in the plane. And, and I'm sorry to all of you who took offense to my comment there. Yeah, yeah. Well, one would wonder based on his song, but I, I do believe. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do believe his fortunes changed yeah. later in life. <laughs> he got his life straightened out. Is there another song that you'd like to play? Do you want me to do one more of my songs? I, uh, uh, I'd like that. I know what Danny would like to hear, but I was. What would Nanny like to hear? She'd probably want to hear Booger and Buddy. <laughs> I was actually going to suggest you suggest play Booger, Booger and Buddy. Buddy. Yeah. Oh Lord. Okay. You know, I had uh, hadn't played it in years, and she asked me to play it. Uh, Nanny for, did. Yeah. Yeah. The other day. So. And Sophia, right? Or Sophia, my my four year old uh, great granddaughter. So. And why don't you explain a little bit about this song? My children, uh, your father Aaron and his uh, sister Lori. Uh, I always called uh, Lori uh, Booger from very early age, and then when Aaron came along, called him Buddy. And and so all of their lives, they were Booger and Buddy. Okay. Then uh, uh, Lori's daughter, Ashley, who is Sophia's mother, uh, was born, and, and I just called her Booger. And, and then you came along, yep. and I called you Buddy. So uh, uh, y'all were playing uh, in the sandbox one day, uh, and I was sitting on the deck, and uh, th- those uh, images came to me. Yeah. And I, and so I, I ended up writing this. I, uh, sorry to say this to Lori and Aaron, but uh, it was really about you and Ashley. <laughs> but they can claim it because they had those titles first. That's uh, right. And, uh, uh, gee, uh, I didn't come prepared to do it. We'll see if I can remember. Uh, Booger and Buddy played in the sand And laughed as the dogs lit their face Watching from the deck, I clapped my hands Home is such a wonderful place 
to see if their feet touch the sky And I'm thanking God for a bountiful life And with a kiss on her cheek I thank my wife I've had some hard times and I've had some strife And I've had to work day to day And there have been moments I feared for my life And I got on my knees and prayed But through it all she's been there by my side Sometimes a ball in a hard bucking ride. Now I'm thanking God for a bountiful life. And with a kiss on her cheek, I thank my wife. As the dogs lick their face Watching from the deck I clap my hands Home is such a wonderful place Home is such a wonderful Lovely. Oh, thank you. You know, you say it's like, you know, about Ashley and I using titles inspired by your children. But really, it sounds like it's about your wife. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It all comes back to Nanny. It's about my family. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful, man. That's beautiful stuff. Okay. I'll do one more song. All right. It is not about my nanny. Your nanny. My, yeah, my, <laughs> my nanny. wife. Your nanny. Uh, not about uh, my family at all. Not about me. This is a tongue-in-cheek song. I always enjoy it. You know what tongue-in-cheek is? I do know what tongue-in-cheek ah, is. Okay. All right. Uh, it's called What Was I Drinking Last Night? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I woke up this morning to the sound of the grinder Making coffee from Hawaiian beans And I looked around her bedroom with minimalist decor Done in off-white aquamarine When I got to the table set with herringbone china Silver platters with croissants and cheese while the butler poured coffee, she smiled at me sweetly, said, Pass the Dijon mustard, please. 
Well, I like my women in denim and gingham, and I like a honky tonk fight. When I went to the disco, what was I thinking and what was I drinking last night? Then she said to me, darling, go start the Mercedes. We'll take a drive into town. Cause I want to go shopping down at Gimbel's and Macy's. Purchase a new evening gown. And tonight we'll go dining and dancing, my darling, at the ballroom at the Stouffer Hotel. And while we're out shopping so you can look formal, we'll get you a tux with some tails. Well, I like my women in denim and gingham, and I like a honky-tonk fight. When I went to the disco, what was I thinking? What was I drinking last night? She was taking a shower, so I slipped on my boots and I reached for my old cowboy hat. And I slipped out the back door and over the fence, and I crept down the road like a cat. And I got to my trailer, I opened the fridge, and I got me a bottle of beer. Flipped on the TV and switched to the ball game and sat in my old easy chair. Well, I like my women in denim and gingham, and I like a honky tonk fight. You can see me this evening at the bar on the corner with a snuff queen and a Miller light. Well, I like my women in denim and gingham, and I like a honky tonk fight. When I went to the disco, what was I thinking and what was I drinking last night? <laughs> oh, that was nice. That was really thank good. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. That's my humor. Yeah. Um, well, I think, uh, man, you're just knocking that. Be careful. Oh, You'll, you know, I've got that. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to pay for that microphone. Make it real. Yeah. Um, maybe I might Maybe I might play a song now. Okay, yeah, please, play the letter. Don't we have time? Yeah, there's actually, the room isn't reserved after this, but I'm going to run to the restroom really quickly. Okay. Uh, we don't have to stay too long, but we can run over a little bit. You can cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I've been, uh, you know, writing songs for a long time, several years now, and they've all been approximations of songs to me, you know. I feel like I've just now finally gotten, you know, pretty decent at writing songs. The other thing is, is that most of the songs that I had written before 
very recently had to do with my life and my experiences. But now as I'm growing as a storyteller in my fiction writing in the form of uh, short stories, I now feel more enabled to write songs that tell stories and inhabit a character who is struggling with something, um, you know, a character that's not me. And so that's been really freeing when it's come to writing. So I've been, I've written like a, a slew of songs the past couple months, four or so, and uh, all in this uh, style of storytelling and imagining a character. And so this one is currently called The Letter. Looking down at the picture crumbling in my hand Afraid to stow it back in my wallet It's a view swarmed by the morning sun That's peeking over the gentle line of your shoulder You've got this out of this world look on your face Like you don't know who or where you are And now Rama Mater's resting Squat behind you, framing you in brick and mortar And I pass by that place every single day Remember the jokes we used to say To make this angry world seem a little kind But now all of that is lost to a far different time Go online to see what you're up to And how you're faring these days In this one you're staring straight at the camera I feel like you can see me through this screen In another you're laughing with friends And a city rises up all around you And the last I can bear he's there looking at you And you got your gaze fixed ahead And I wonder how you found the time to share your life Cause I spend these hours losing sleep And I wonder if what I see is really the life you lead Or if what I don't will show you're as alone as me I'm wondering if I can know you again And I'm wishing I could show I'm not the same as I was 
But I've got dreams I didn't have way back then That I could look at you the same way that he does So when you open this letter and read my hand I hope you won't throw it away there's something more to the memories that we hold And I am not the same man of old All right. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, so this has been a lot of fun. Yes, I've had a lot of fun. Yes, so. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. I could. Ha- I'm glad you came back up and we could do this again. We weren't as serious this time. We uh, just uh, enjoyed it more. I think. Yeah, yeah. Just we're just you know we're just here. We're present and we're just having a good time making this podcast. Not thinking too hard about things. I don't need to think too hard about things. That's like what it is. It's like, uh, you know, whatever. I have these I have these expectations in my head, and sometimes they're just way too high. Well, thank you for letting me do this with you. Thank you for agreeing to do this with me. Twice. <laughs> Twice now. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you I hope you enjoyed the concert we gave you. Played you a lot of great songs, a couple covers, Lots of originals uh, by Dr. Mark Sigler here, and I played an original. I'm sure I'm going to keep it in. I doubt I'll cut it. I hope you enjoyed. I mean, this has been a long time in the making now. (laughs) And very different from uh, any podcast you've done before. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First one with music. It kind of makes me want to come back in the studio sometime next week and just like record all my songs. <laughs> uh, maybe I might try to get someone else in here to play some songs too. I don't know. I don't know who that would be. Listeners, if you have someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, please email the damn email. No one's emailed the email. I put it in all the descriptions and I talk about it, but no one shares their feedback. Do you guys care? Is this? Do you guys want? Oh, you're going to get a lot of fan mail from this. I hope so. Please. I, I'm giving you the place to, to be voiced. Voice yourself. All right. That's enough. I'm done. Um, thanks, Papa, for coming. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. And uh, I don't guess you have anything anywhere. I, I, I've gotten into the habit of asking my guests if there's anything they want to plug. But he's on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. (laughs) All right. You can find me there. And find him there. Any parting words? Uh, It's been a real joy to do this, and it was uh, neat to come back to uh, the MTSU campus again. Old stomping grounds. And and looking forward to seeing you graduate and uh, move on with your uh, chosen career. That's right. Just shy of a few weeks now. Yes. All right. Thank you, listeners, for continuing to tune in. 
there's going to be a new host. I've already been saying this. There's going to be a new host for season three, and that person is being close to being decided. So soon, we're going to have the next host on so that the transition between me and that person is, is, I don't know, just that there is a transition. (laughs) So keep coming back if you have been coming. And if you know others have not been coming, get them to come. That's it. Bye.